Good morning. Happy anniversary again. What a great day. What a great day to be in the house of God. Um, if you all would show up, I would do this every day. I'm just kidding. Not really, but anyway. So, so I wanted to do this just before we get started. You know, we've told, we said thank you to a lot of people. And I just want to recognize just really quick someone who threw, throughout this whole church planning process. Some of you who don't know, Rain and I moved here 10 years ago with Chelsea and Dylan, our kids, started the church. And uh, just just on a, a wing and a prayer and, and faith, and we didn't know what we were doing looking back. It just makes me scared to death to even think about it. Like, I'd seriously break out in a panic attack thinking about moving my kids to a thousand miles from home. Anyway, so, so but without this person, this, this church plant would not have happened. And I just want to take a moment and recognize them. Would you please give a coastline thank you to Jesus Christ? Yeah. Hey, <laughs> praise his name, praise his name, hallelujah, hey, not one light bulb, not one chair, not one school, not one hotel, not one living room, not one person, not one salvation, not one marriage saved would have been done without Jesus. The lover of our soul, the friend of sinners, the ones that the religious couldn't stand and the ones that the sinners couldn't understand. The one that was, is, and is to come, the Alpha and the Omega. The one who lived a sinless life, took our death and sin on the cross. They put him in a grave. The grave couldn't hold him. He rose out of that grave, and he's coming back for us one day. Jesus, the name that still changes lives. Jesus, the name that still saves marriages. Jesus, the name that can reach this generation in a crazy world. Jesus, it's all about Jesus. It's always been about Jesus, and it's always going to be about Jesus. Jesus Christ. I think about this building, and, and you know, I hear around, around, it takes money to build buildings. You know what that building's about? It's about teaching people about Jesus. It's about people getting saved. It's about people getting discipled at a greater level than we can do now. We'll do this four times this weekend. Last night, this place is packed wall-to-wall, front-to-back. It was amazing. It will be twice more after you guys today. But I just, I just, I'm so fired up. I'm just as fired up right now as I was 10 years ago to tell people about Jesus. What a privilege it is. So I'm going to speak to you today just for a moment about Jesus, the original pioneer. Jesus, the original pioneer. And, and so you get this idea of, and you all, I may have to stop every once in a while and grab some water. My throat's not agreeing with me this week. Um, but, you know, you'll just have to put it up with me if I start hacking or whatever. Um, as long as, yeah, right, front row. It's yeah, good. But the, the, Jesus Christ, the original pioneer, and, and this idea of pioneering again, this idea of, see, because we're all going to pioneer something. You are going to pioneer something in your life. You're going to leave a legacy behind you. We all pioneer something, pioneering, going into unoccupied territory and setting it up for use. You're going to pioneer something in your everyday life. You're going to pioneer. And so I wonder what in this room great things will be pioneered. 
I wonder what great things will be said when we're long gone from here. John and I were out, Pastor John and I were out on the campus just a couple days ago, and I went to the very, very back side of our campus and looked all the way across there, and we were talking about the vastness and how good God's been to us with this land and and how the miracles I don't have time to go into and how we uh, got the land and all this. And and I turned to John and I said, you know, the greatest thing about this is, don't you? And he said, what? I said, it's going to be here long after we're gone. Wow. I wonder what we're going to pioneer. You think about God, he pioneered the heavens and the earth. Noah pioneered boating. (laughs) Jesus, the original pioneer. Let's get into this. Number one, I hope you're taking notes. Jesus pioneered the word coming alive. John 1, 14, the word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only Son who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. Jesus, the original pioneer, Jesus pioneered the word coming alive. I'm so happy and proud to be a part of a church that's based on the word of God. Here at Coastline, we will never argue that with you. The the word of God is true. It's living. It's active. It's sharper than any double-edged sword. It judges the very heart of the matter. And the Bible says that Jesus became, in the beginning was the word, and the word was God, and the word was with God. Jesus became the word. Jesus became flesh, and he dwelt among us. In other words, the the teacher stepped out from the desk down among the students and he walked the face of this earth. Hebrews says, we do not have a high priest that's separate from us, yet one who was tempted in every way, yet he lived without sin. Why did he have to do that? Because we couldn't fulfill the law on our own. He had to fulfill it for us. So he lived a perfect life. He lived, the word became flesh. It's all about the word. You can't just take the parts that you like and say, oh God, I love that part because it talks about blessing me, but I don't like that part where you're telling me I can't shack up with so-and-so. Oh, oh God, I love this part where you you say you're going to do this for me, but you know what, God, I've I've got that other area of my life under control. No, his, uh, from the beginning to the end, he's the alpha and the omega. This word of God is perfect. It's a picture of me and Raina, I think, that we have. I'll show you. You get a kick out of this. That, that's in my backyard after the first church service we had at my house. And you know what really upsets me about this picture? My wife has not changed a bit. I'm decrepit now. And you caused that. <laughs> you see these wrinkles? Each one of them's got your, some, some of your names on it. Anyway. You, that's... Miss Joan, Pastor Steve's wife, said the other night, for the, she saw it for the first time, we, we celebrated with the staff for our 10-year anniversary, and she said, you look like a punk in that picture. <laughs> she did. She meant every word of it. You take that down, Larry. <laughs> I, I, sh- I show that to you j- just to, to make this point. It was years ago. It was years ago, and I, I was at... I was a youth pastor at the time, and we were, I was at a youth camp called Beach Freak. And in, in this room, probably that was made to hold 300 people, was 700 sweaty teenagers who had been at the beach all day. But God was moving, and we were in this time of worship. It was altar time after the guy got through speaking, and, and he just doing some amazing things. And, and um, by the way, for those of you who have teenagers or kids, get them involved this summer. Those, those kind of experiences will change their lives. 
presence of God. And I, I remember just, just like it was yesterday, I was standing there and I was worshiping and I had my eyes closed and, and I've not had a, a lot of visions, if you want to call them that in my life. I'm, and if you're visiting with us, I'm not wacky weird that way. Uh, I believe I, God speaks to me I and mean, he does several and hopefully he speaks to you. I had my eyes closed, I had my hands raised and, and I literally found, I got myself caught up in, in chasing Jesus. And I don't know what you're your picture of Jesus is in your mind. To me, he's a manly man that likes to have fun, that uh, deserves respect. Yet when I meet him in heaven, I, I seriously think he's going to tackle me and we're going to roll around and play together and punch each other. <laughs> I mean, I do. I mean, you read about Jesus. He was an awesome, unbelievable person in the Bible. But anyway, and so, so we were running through this field and, and, and he's, and I don't know why I'm saying this. I didn't say this last night, but he's, he was like saying, chase me, chase me, chase me. And he took me through this room. This room was full of important people. You could tell very important, like dressed up important people. And they're all sitting around this table and they're all were vying for my attention. And Jesus said, no, look, come here, come here. And he took me through this room of all these important people having this important meeting. And he, and he took me out of this door onto this stage in this massive auditorium. And it was empty. It was completely empty. And he walked out and he sat down. And he sat down about right, 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 right in the middle right here. And he looked at me and said, preach. And, and I was a youth pastor at the time. I was already preaching. And, and I had no idea that I was going to move here and plant a church. It was probably 13 years ago. He said, preach. And so, and he said, but I, here's a condi- one condition. He said, preach to me. Preach for me. And so I began to preach. And as I preach, and, and I, this scripture was coming out of me, this auditorium that I was in, some of you won't come back. I know, I don't care. We need, we need, we need the space. <laughs> <laughs> As I began to preach and my eyes were on Jesus, this, this auditorium began to fill up. People just do, 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 do. And, and, and then I, as I would turn and think about these important men behind me, or if I'd get my eyes off Jesus, they'd start going away. And so I'm worshiping, you know, the worship band's playing. And by the time I'm, I'm through, like me and Jesus doing our thing, this place is filled. And, and I, I wondered what all that was about. And, and the Lord spoke to my heart. That very next day, I was speaking at that event, doing a devotion, and as I was praying to get ready, he said, Jason, if you'll preach for me, I'll, I will bless your ministry for the rest of the time that you preach. That's why Coastline is always about the Word of God. That's why raising young families and helping them navigate life has to be about the Word of God. That's why I give you full reign if you attend here regularly to email me and say, hey, you need to show me that in the Bible. You need to show me what you said in the Bible. The word of God became flesh and he dwelt among us. He made his dwelling among us. The teacher stood up, got out from the desk and walked among the students. Number two, Jesus pioneered abundant life. John 10, 10, the thief comes only, the thief meaning the devil comes only in order to steal and kill and destroy. I came that they may have and enjoy life and have it in abundance to the full till it overflows. Jesus pioneered abundant life. Jesus pioneered abundant life. And when you think about abundant life, you think about life to the full. I Listen, I, I, I was raised in church. I was raised in church, and we would have these people come through town like evangelists on Sunday night. Anybody remember the evangelists that would come through? Not the missionaries, not the ones with the clicker. <laughs> That's a snake. That's a camel. <laughs> I remember those missionaries. Anyway, 
But these evangelists, you know, and they'd start preaching, and, and, and you know, you're, you're hell, fire, and brimstone. Rah, and literally, if you weren't careful, man, you'd get caught up in it. And sometimes I was raised where if it's fun, it's wrong. You know what I'm saying? If, if, don't you smile at church. What's wrong with you? Don't, don't, don't you dare laugh at, at church. I mean, I got more whoopings in church than I got at home. But, but this idea of abundant life, and I look around this room, like last night, I look around this room this morning, and I, I see faces of you. I, I wish that I could spend time with all of you outside of Sunday. The church has just gotten to a point where I can. But I, I look around, and I see those of you that I know that know each other, that enjoy life together. You go fishing together. You go golfing together. You go surfing together. You go shopping together. I don't see how you enjoy that, but you do. You go on vacations together. I mean, you might go diving together. And, 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 and I get to be a part of that sometimes. And, and it's wonderful. And, and, and it's wonderful because there's a bond there. And it's called Jesus. And we talk about Jesus. And iron sharpens iron. And we encourage one another. And it, it doesn't have to be super spiritual. I mean, you're still going to kill things and catch things. Amen. Or, or buy things. You can, ain't no way that's spiritual. Hallelujah. Shopping is spiritual. My wife's like, well, I prayed. I prayed for a parking spot, and I got a good one. <laughs> abundant life. Jesus pioneered abundant life. Can I tell you, friend, the Christian life is not supposed to be boring. Jesus was not boring. You look at the New Testament, and it says, and where he was, there were multitudes. And where he was, there were multitudes. And where he was, there were multitudes. This world's going to try to get you to live an abundant life by how much you can make, what you can do with it, what kind of substance you can put in your body, how you can medicate to have fun. I love those testimonies. Uh, and, and the idea is this, the enemy will try to get you to feel that abundant, that feeling that you need to feel that abundance of life. But I'm telling you, friend, the only thing that will fulfill it and the only thing that will bring it to fruition is a relationship with Jesus Christ. Because when you meet him for real, it flows in you, through you, out you, to those around you, and it is abundant. Number three, I did have 10 points, one for each year, and they made me cut it down to seven. I'm not kidding. They meaning the Holy Spirit and the Father and the Son. Okay. Jesus pioneered the fruit of the Spirit. We're talking about abundant life. What's abundant life? It's walking by the fruit of the Spirit. Galatians 5, 22 through 23. But the fruit of the Spirit, read it with me, is? Come on. Against such things there is no law. Jesus pioneered the fruit of the Spirit. The Word became flesh. I mean, He, he is the only person to ever walk the face of the, worth, uh, the earth that has fulfilled each one of those on a daily basis. I love being a part of a church that is a joyful church. It's in the DNA of Coastline to be happy. I hear people that visit and say, man, you know what? I, why is everyone so happy? Why is everyone smiling? Where's the special room with the special Kool-Aid? What's going on? No, it's just a bunch of people who have met Jesus, who are living it out in everyday life. And they're so proud and happy of what Jesus has done in their life. They're learning to walk by the fruit of the Spirit. They're learning to be discipled. And the only way we can do that is to follow the model that Jesus has set before us. Jesus pioneered the fruit of the Spirit. It's in our DNA. It should be. How many of you have ever had a really good day? 
How many of you ever had a really good day, like on point spiritually with God? And, and you know, on that day, you might lay down your, you might get, you, you wake up, right? Which check, that's a good thing. Get dressed. Yeah, okay, you actually leave the house. No, 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 you don't leave the house yet. You have your quiet time, you pray, you leave the house without allowing anyone to steal your joy or without stealing their joy. You go to work and that demonic boss says something, but you don't respond in kind, you respond in kindness. And then you walk throughout the day and, and then the, that issue you've been struggling with tries to creep in, but you have self-control. And then, and then you know what? And, and you lay down and you just, you're just good. And you're like, man, I'm good. Don't lie. Some of you have had those days. But I promise you and assure you that on that good, 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 best, 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 best day, you didn't hit every one of those. You didn't hit every one of those. Jesus is the perfection of the word. Jesus embodied the word. He pioneered the fruit of the spirit, thus giving us a track to follow, giving us a roadmap to follow, giving us a plumb line, giving us some sort of a, something to shoot for. And I'm telling you, people call me a lot and they ask, what, what, how, how do you grow a church? And what, what do you do? And, and what programs do you have? And what this and that and the other. And, and it's usually a really short conversation. I get these phone calls all the time. And I say, look, we're just preaching the word and it's in the DNA of Coastline to be happy, to be loving, to be kind, to be good, to be accepting, to whosoever will come through those doors. It's for it's our job to tell them God loves them. It's not our job to judge them. You teach the word of God soon enough, they'll get they'll get the picture. And, and, and people on the phone are like, you mean that's all you're doing? That's all we've been doing for 10 years. It's just loving people, preaching the word of God. Loving God, loving people, and loving life. Not that complicated. Seems to be working. And it's the fruit of the Spirit coming to fruition in our lives. That, my friends, hard work. It's easy to preach a sermon about that. That's hard work. It's hard work to respond in kindness to an unkind boss. It's hard work to be gentle in a harsh world. It's hard work to, it's hard work to be faithful to those around you when they're unfaithful to you. But praise be to God, Jesus, the word, the word, the fruit of the spirit became flesh and dwelt among us. And he walked out every one of those before us in the word of God. Number four, Jesus pioneered freedom for all. Jesus pioneered freedom for all. It says right here, John eight thirty six, John eight thirty six. So if the son sets you free, you will be free indeed. So if the sun sets you free, you will be free indeed. So here's this idea. I want to talk to you about two, two separate types of freedom. Let's talk about spiritual freedom first. So if the sun sets you free, you'll be free indeed. John 8, 36. So, so here's this idea of Jesus Christ coming, the word becoming flesh, dwelling among us, living a sinless life, taking our death and sin on the cross, being placed in the grave, being risen from that grave on the third day. And now he's seated at the right hand of the throne of God. And so we know by virtue of what the Bible teaches that when we put our faith in Jesus Christ as the true son of God, as the Messiah, that we are made into a new creation in God's eyes. And we get 
the Father, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. That's what the Bible teaches. The Holy Spirit indwells us at the time when we let go of our life, when we let go of our heart, when we release control of our life, and all that our life encompasses, then we, then we become a new creation. That's what the Bible says in Corinthians. We become a new creation. And so the Son, Jesus Christ, has set us free from a life of, of sin and death. He's set us free from a life of law and sin and death, and he's set us free, and he's birthed us into a law of freedom, a law of freedom to walk in him, a law of freedom to live life abundantly, a law of freedom to be discipled by the word of God, a law of freedom to tell other people about, a law of, so, so, so this idea of being set free into freedom spiritually, people I get asked all the time, people say, hey, why do you give a chance, why do you ask people to raise their hands if they need Jesus at the end of every service? I'm telling you, people ask me that all the time. Doesn't, doesn't that make you uncomfortable when no one raises their hand? No. No, it's not my, that's not my job. My job our, our job as a church is just give the opportunity. We, we celebrated the other night at one of my favorite restaurants. And the staff did, and it was so much fun. And we were celebrating and showing old pictures and telling old stories and funniest church memories. And, and you know, it was fun just to have everybody there together. And, and I'm telling you, I love that restaurant. And they had two waiters that were waiting on us. And, and we were in the upstairs of this restaurant. And, and, and had, and, but you know what? All night, as much as I love that restaurant, as much as I love those waiters, not one of them asked me if I knew Jesus. I think that's our job. Do you get where I'm going with that? They asked me, they did ask me, you want it rare, medium rare, well done. But they didn't ask me if I knew Jesus. If, if the church can't ask people if they need to be saved, who's going to ask them? Freedom spiritually. And then this other freedom. Freedom at salvation, set free to live a life of freedom. But then what, ha- what happens when we, when we are saved, but we realize that the claws of this world still are, are dug into us? Maybe some old habits, maybe some, some old, old habits that, that, that we just can't get rid of. The, the claws of this world are, are, are still attached to us in the thinking. That's why, that's why we got to read our Bible. That's why we got to get in, in a, a life group. That's why we're building this new building so we can disciple people because the, the word renews our mind. It refreshes our mind and it changes the way we think about this world. It changes the way we think about how we live. And so that's why it's so important. When, when you get saved, yes, you're a new creation in God's sight, but you still live in a fallen world. See, for some people it does happen like that and they never struggle again, but for 99.8% of the rest of us, we, we're like, okay, yeah, I get God have my heart, but I still have this addiction or maybe I still have this craving or I still uh, have this group of friends and I still am asso- associated with this work lifestyle. How do I, that's why, that's why we disciple people here. But here's, here's what I'm telling you. As you begin to understand the word of God and as you draw, draw closer to God, the things of the world lose their heart hold on you day by day by day. That's why I love those videos of t- and that they're referencing our Tuesday night group here where that thing is awesome, man. There's no judgment there. there there's, a, there's just a group of people who understand and realize that they cannot do it on their own. They all love Jesus, but they're like, you know what? I need accountability. I need to be involved with people who understand how I think. And they meet here every Tuesday. They encourage one another and iron sharpens iron. And they say, I'll see you next week if I don't see you Saturday or Sunday. 
See, so there's not just, there's not just spiritual freedom, there's physical freedom to be had. We live in a fallen world, but when we give our hearts to Jesus Christ, we're no longer, we're fallen creatures, but we're saved, we're redeemed, we're made new, and then we begin the discipleship process. Jesus pioneered freedom for all. Doesn't matter how much money you got, doesn't matter where you came from, doesn't matter what you've been through. Uh, Megan, Megan is telling that story about, I can't imagine sitting down doing a line of crystal meth with my mother. I can imagine doing a line of crystal meth before I got saved, unfortunately. I can't imagine doing one with my mom. What kind of wacky, whacked out world that we live in? And that story is told hundreds, if not thousands of times beachside. And I mean, if maybe you're here today and you're bound up in the things of this world. I'm telling you right now that Jesus Christ pioneered freedom for all. You can be free. Number five. Aren't you glad I cut it down to? <laughs> Hebrews 12, 2, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter. Oh, I love this. The pioneer and perfecter of our faith. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. Jesus perfected. He pioneered faith, then he perfected. See, in the Old Testament, it was, do you trust me? And then are you going to sacrifice? Jesus became the sacrifice. Therefore, he perfected a way for us to have faith in God. He pioneered it by coming from the palatial kingdom of heaven to a fallen world. He pioneered that. And how did he do that? For the joy set before him. What is that joy? That's joy. That joy is you and I. That's you and I. It was restoring us back to a rightful relationship with God. It was doing the will of the Father. That's why I said in the garden, not my will, but your will be done. We have a saying here at Coastline, it goes like this. If you don't quit, come on. If you don't quit, you can't lose. If you don't quit, you can't. How do we do that? Fixing our eyes on Jesus. You have no idea how many times that I've wanted to quit this church plant. You have no idea how many times. That, and it really, what's really bad is when you and your wife, who are her, like most, most God's so good because most day, ah, oh, she's like, we can't quit this. No, no, God's good. Jason, go do that. Just go pray through. And then someday she'd be like, man, we got to move. <laughs> These people are crazy. They're wearing me out. I don't know, you know, and, 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 and that's how God does in a good marriage, you know. But I'm telling you, there are days where it's, and, and there have been times when I looked at her and she's like, load it up. Load, load it up. I'm telling you, there's a picture coming up, right? This was the fifth Sunday in, in our living room. You, you, you're a product of that right there. You're sitting in this room right now, that, and that, that's my son in the back who's 20 now. That's my daughter to the right who is 24, and she's given me our first grandchild, and he is the greatest grandchild in the world. And anyone who says different, I'll have words with after service. But, but that, that, you're a product of that, faith. So you can take that picture down because Raina still looks young. Jesus pioneered faith, faith to keep going, faith to not quit. If you don't quit, you can't lose. And that's the way Jesus lived his life. That's how he pioneered for us. We look at the life of Jesus, how easy the Bible said that he could have called upon legions, which means thousands of angels to rescue him from the cross, but he endured the cross. He endured the cross for the joy that was set before him and the scorning and the shame, but then he endured it for the will of the father. And then he sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. 
And that's where he is sitting today. He is king of kings and lord of lords. And he's still changing lives. And friend, he's coming back one day. And and I dare you watch the news this week and read your Bible at the same time. Not while you're watching the news. Read your Bible. Read about end times and watch it. Jesus Christ is coming back. You would have to be an idiot to sit there and watch all that's going on. Can I say that? You would have to be someone who is very bullheaded. To watch what's going on in our world and then read the Bible and think, ah, they've been saying that for years. They've been saying, yeah, they have been saying it for years, but a thousand years is like a day to God and a day is like a thousand years. He doesn't count time like you and I do. Wow. Jesus pioneered faith. Number six, Jesus pioneered grace. And aren't you glad for that? Oh, thank God for grace. Thank God for grace. Romans 5, 1 and 2, Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have gained access by faith into this grace in which we now stand, and we boast in the hope of the glory of God. Going back to the point, Jesus pioneered faith. Do you see how we we talked about how Jesus pioneered faith, and then we move it into Jesus pioneered grace? Well, Romans tells us that we've been justified through what? Who pioneered faith? So we're justified through Jesus. We're justified through faith. We have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. This is the gospel. This is the good news. This is the good news for us because we're sinners. This is the good news for us because we're fallen creatures. This is the good news for us because God has made a way through Jesus. Jesus pioneered the grace that would be needed. Jesus became the, the, the sacrifice of God, the sacrificial lamb, the Passover lamb, if you will, for our sins so that we could stand in front of God covered in grace, smothered in grace. And then you go on to verse 2. Through whom we have gained access by faith into this grace in which we now stand and we boast in the hope of the glory of God. Grace. Jesus pioneered grace. I don't know what kind of picture or what kind of thought pattern or what comes to mind when you think about Jesus. I don't know if you think about an angry God or I don't know if you think you know, about a God that's upset with you because of the way you've been living your life. This is, this is the Jesus that you'll read about in the Bible. A loving, kind Jesus that pioneered grace. A grace that covers a multitude of sin. I mentioned earlier, I got more whippings at church than I did anywhere else. And, and, and I do remember a few of those. And that's back when people actually believed in spanking their kids. And I turned out fine. Um, you have your own opinion on that. You just go ahead. Let me know how that works out for you. But you know, you know the times I remember, and I probably only remember them because I actually did get spanked every once in a while. But the times I remember is when I knew I deserved it. I knew that I knew that I knew I deserved. I knew that I deserved it. So, listen, I would go to school. I grew up when parachute pants were in style. You know what parachute pants are? Show your age. Really thin, thin, thin paper pants with the zippers all up and down them. Parachute pants. Awesome. I think they're coming back in style. I hope they are. <laughs> My kids are growing out of the house now. I don't. Know, I ain't going to embarrass them. <laughs> anyway. I mean, I would actually wear three or four pair of underwear to school because I knew I was going to get spanked then. I planned on it. But here, here are the times I remember with my father is in reference to discipline. These are the times I remember most. When I knew that I knew that I knew that I knew that I deserved the worst whipping that I ever, ever, ever had got. I, I knew I deserved I knew this was going to be the one where he killed me. <laughs> this was going to be it. And, and he would, I'd hear that car door slam. 
And I hear both my parents are really hardworking people. So, you know, sometimes I would just, the, 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 the terrified feeling that you have as a kid, your dad coming home, it would get delayed because my dad wouldn't get home sometimes till late, late. And if my mom said, you need to go talk to him, I would sometimes get, act like I was asleep and I'd get woken up. Anyway, <laughs> hear that door slam and hear my dad come in the front door and hear him throw the keys down and a little conversation going on between him and my mom. And then... Open the door, shut the door, sit, sit up. What did you do? And he, you know, my dad would always make me say what I did. My dad, you already, I'm thinking you already know, but I wouldn't dare say that. <laughs> what did you do? And he made me tell him. And he looked at me, and this, this happened. These are the times I remember, only because other times I'd gotten smaked, I think. He'd say, why, 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 what made you do that? Why, why would you do that? And I would look back at him and give the only reason any young boy would give. I'm stupid, Dad. I'm stupid. I, I'm stupid, and I get it from you. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> would never say that. But, but here's the thing. Here's, here's the times I remember. I remember when he would say, Jason, let's think, let's think about this. You can't be doing that. You, you, you can't do that. Like, I, should, I should beat your bottom right now, but I'm not going to. But I, I'm going to have grace. But I want you to know that that was, that was dumb. Like, you can't be doing stuff like that. It's going to lead you down the wrong path. And he'd get up and say, have a good night's sleep. Back out of my room and shut the door. And the same feet would walk off. But they didn't seem near as intimidating. Yes, God disciplines us, but he's a good father. He pioneered grace. He pioneered grace. For each one of us sitting in this room right now, he pioneered grace. So here's the idea. Last thing, number seven. Jesus pioneered a way into our heart. I pray that out of his, Ephesians three sixteen through 19, I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. So, Christ, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide and long and deep, high and deep is the love of Christ. And to know this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. That's Jesus, my friend. That's the original pioneer. And that's why we're pioneering again. That's why I've given my life to what you're looking at right now. That, it, some people say, Jason, how are you sure that you're sure that you're sure? I can only look at them and say, well, I'm so sure that I've, I've, I, I believe. And it, here's the thing. Faith is a belief issue. You can't believe for me, and I can't believe for you. But I do know God has, Jesus has pioneered away through faith. Through faith in who? Jesus. We have peace with God. So when I put my faith in Jesus, I have peace with God and and. I can almost kind of grasp how high and how deep and how wonderful and how lavishing and how abundant and how agape and how perfect in spite of our own self is his love and his grace showered upon us. Maybe you're, you're like uh, a, a few people last night and you've never accepted Jesus Christ as your personal savior. Maybe you can't point to a moment in time and say, that's the day I got saved. What a great day to do that. 
What a great day as we celebrate 10 years. What a great day to have your name written down in that Lamb's Book of Life in heaven. What a great day to be at peace with God. Doesn't matter, doesn't matter where, what you did last night. Doesn't matter if you crawled in this morning. Doesn't matter if somebody drug you here. Jesus loves you and his grace is sufficient. Jesus wants to have a relationship with you. Would you bow your heads all over this place? Say, Jason, that's me. I need to accept Jesus Christ as my personal savior. I need to put my faith in Jesus. If that's you right now at this very moment, we want to pray with you. We want to get you some resource after church that will help you on this journey. But if that's you and you say, Jason, I need Jesus in my life. Right now, right where you're sitting, we just slip your hand up long enough for me to see it. Put it right by. I see your hand. Thanks. Anyone else? I need Jesus in my life. I see your hand. Anyone else? Just put it right back down. Listen, if you raise your hand, say this prayer with me. When church is done, come up to this table or go out to the tent and and get a Bible and a seven-day devotion. But right now, just open your heart. God, thank you for loving me. God, thank you for loving me so much. You sent your only son to die for me. And Father, right now, I'm confessing and I'm putting my faith in Jesus Christ. I believe that Jesus Christ is the Messiah. I believe he lived a sinless life. I believe he took my death and sat on the cross. I believe he was placed in a grave and I believe he rose from that grave on the third day. And I believe he's coming back for me one day. So right now, God, would you fill the void I've been trying to fill with things of this world? God, I accept your forgiveness through Jesus. And God, thank you that you and I are at peace with one another now through what Jesus Christ has done. And it is in his name we pray, amen.